As of the recording of this program, another deadly outbreak of Ebola is ravaging parts of Central and West Africa. And there is some fear that it could spread to other parts of the world. Ebola is one of the deadliest known viruses to man, killing somewhere between 30 and 60 percent of its victims, depending on the specific strain. This particular strain that has broken out in 2014 is especially troublesome, killing approximately 50 percent of its victims. But there is a greater worry. According to a September 12, 2014 Fox News article, Canadian researchers say the strain of Ebola afflicting West Africa can be transmitted between humans by breathing, opening up the possibility of the virus going airborne. Suspected cases of airborne infection have already been reported in monkeys and laboratories. The possibility of it becoming airborne could result in a global spread of the disease, resulting in an unprecedented number of deaths worldwide. The article then goes on to explain that the greater the number of victims and the longer it continues to spread, the greater the chance of the virus mutating to an airborne state. Further, the United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention described the situation as spiraling out of control. To combat this threat, Reuters news agency reported, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation pledged $50 million on Wednesday to support emergency efforts to contain West Africa's Ebola epidemic, which has already killed almost 2,300 people and the worst outbreak of the virus in history. But will this solve the problem? It may very well help temporarily, but here are some important questions that we ought to be asking. Why do we see this virus rearing its ugly head time and again? Why does Africa experience periodic episodes of this specific disease while other parts of the world don't? What is its true cause? Can it be prevented? And will it always be confined to Africa or will it someday spread beyond that continent? We can't hide from the fact that any transmissible disease is only a plane flight away from one part of the world to another. Never in the history of man have we been so vulnerable to the spread of deadly pathogens. What would happen if Ebola spread to Europe, America, China, or India? Do you and your loved ones have reason to worry? On today's program, I'm going to turn to an ancient source and prove to you that Ebola, SARS, and many other diseases are entirely preventable. For your personal health and well-being, stay tuned. Welcome again to Tomorrow's World, where we offer real solutions to real problems facing our world today. An ancient but well-documented and well-known source reveals that the Ebola virus, 
along with many other deadly pathogens, such as that which caused the SARS epidemic of 2002 and 2003, need never affect mankind. These diseases are totally preventable. And if mankind followed simple instructions recorded more than 3,400 years ago, no one would ever have reason to fear Ebola, SARS, trichinosis, AIDS, or a host of other deadly diseases. Where can we find that ancient source of wisdom? What does it reveal that mankind, with all our intelligence and resources, doesn't understand today? And when will man finally learn his lesson? Believe it or not, the time is coming when no one will ever die from these easily preventable diseases that strike fear into the hearts of men and women around the world. Yes, that time is coming, but not until mankind learns his lesson the hard and the difficult way. And it won't come about because of some well-meaning financial gift from Bill and Melinda Gates. In their sincere attempt at overcoming the current problem, while they are helping to stop what has already started, they, along with governments and medical agencies, are missing the mark. That ancient source that I'm referring to is the Bible. And in the book of Proverbs, a book found in the Bible, chapter 26 and verse 2, it gives us very simple principles. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. As well-meaning as many individuals, health care workers, and foundations may be, efforts for curing the long-term problem of Ebola are misguided. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Those who put their money where their mouth is are to be applauded, and those who put their very lives on the line to care for the sick and dying deserve our respect for their courage for putting themselves in harm's way. The problem is that Ebola is a symptom and mankind is only treating the symptoms and not the causes. According to the same Reuters report, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has donated $50 million to treat the effects and not the cause. Consider where the money is going. The U.S.-based Philanthropic Foundation said it would release funds immediately to U.N. agencies and international organizations to help them buy supplies and scale up the emergency response in affected countries. It will also work with public and private sector partners to speed up the development of drugs, vaccines, and diagnostics that could be effective in treating Ebola patients and preventing further spread of the hemorrhagic fever-causing virus. One can only hope that this plague will be swiftly brought under control. But notice that not a single penny in this report is directed at the cause of the problem. Drug manufacturers make billions of dollars from drugs and vaccines. We view vaccines as preventative, but do they truly address the root problem or are they merely dealing with symptoms? Such efforts may be well-meaning, but they're misguided. The plain truth is that mankind must come to grips with the cause of the problem instead of reacting to the symptoms. The preventative solution to the scourge of Ebola is right education and changed habits. It may shock many, but the cause of the problem is revealed in the Bible. 
recorded some 3,400 years ago. And if mankind followed its simple instructions, Ebola, SARS, AIDS, and many other diseases would be no more than footnotes in history. These diseases are totally preventable. Scientists and healthcare professionals, national leaders, and philanthropic foundations have failed miserably in educating people with the only true and sure solutions to these problems. It is not as though the causes are unknown. In many cases they are. But what should be the obvious response to the cause is rarely, if ever, applied. So what am I talking about? Remember how quickly the source of SARS was found? Even though this was something new, scientists knew exactly where to look, the meat market. Why? Scientists know from past experience where these pathogens come from and how they enter the human race. They don't look in the grain fields or vegetable gardens. They know these pathogens originate in animals and are transmitted through contact with them. As with SARS, scientists are looking at the meats people eat in West Africa where Ebola breaks out from time to time. As this EMED TV article explains, the exact origin, locations, and natural habitat known as the natural reservoir of Ebola virus remains unknown. However, on the basis of available evidence and the nature of similar viruses, researchers believe that the Ebola virus lives in an animal host that is native to the African continent. They continue to search for the exact animal. And from the World Health Organization, we learned that infection has occurred as a result of handling fruit bats and other bush meat. Ebola is introduced into the human population through close contact with the blood, secretions, organs, or other bodily fluids of infected animals. In Africa, infection has been documented through the handling of infected chimpanzees, gorillas, fruit bats, monkeys, forest antelope, and porcupines found ill or dead or in the rainforest. What is known is that fruit bats and various so-called bushmeat animals can be infected with the virus. This is fact. What is not known for sure is where the Ebola virus begins, but one particular source is highly suspect, and that is the fruit bat, which is a part of the diet of some Central and West Africans. Note this headline and subhead from the journal Nature. Fruit bats as reservoirs of Ebola virus. Bat species eaten by people in Central Africa show evidence of symptomless Ebola infection. The article explains that these fruit bats are carriers of the virus, but they are asymptomatic, meaning the virus is not a problem for them. They are, in effect, carriers of the virus that causes Ebola. So while it remains to be seen whether they are the original source, what is clearly known is that these fruit bats are a source of the virus. And when handled as a food source, they can transmit the virus to man, and it then spreads from person to person by way of bodily fluids. Since people in Central and West Africa eat these bats, along with bushmeats that are affected by the virus, Ebola breaks out from time to time. 
Do you realize that the Bible gives explicit instructions to avoid the very animals that cause Ebola, SARS, trichinosis, and other deadly diseases? What mankind doesn't seem to understand is that the very one who created all the life forms on planet Earth knows what is best for us, but we never seem to listen. All we care about is what tastes good. Just look at a very small child and what he puts in his mouth. Virtually anything he gets his hands on. Parents have to teach their children that some things were never meant to be eaten, such as dirt and various poisonous plants. It's too bad that as adults, we don't listen to our Heavenly Father. The Bible reveals that there was a time in human history when mankind became so corrupt and violent in behavior that God had to destroy most life through a universal flood. Only eight people and various pairs of animals were preserved alive. This is generally understood by people everywhere who have at least a minimal understanding of the Bible, even those who have never read it. Artistic portrayals show animals of various kinds going aboard the ark two by two, two giraffes, two elephants, two cows, and two of various kinds of birds winging their way toward the ark. But here's something that few understand. Noah was to take more of certain kinds of animals than of others. This is explained in Genesis, the seventh chapter, and verse two. You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female, two each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. What distinguishes clean from unclean? This instruction had nothing to do whether they had taken a bath or not that day. The book of Genesis doesn't explain the distinction, but Noah obviously knew the difference and the Bible does reveal this knowledge to us in later books. Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, the third and fifth books of the Bible, spell out the precise difference between clean and unclean animals. The distinction involves whether or not an animal is fit for human consumption. Let's notice that in Leviticus, the 11th chapter, and verses 2 and 3. Speak to the children of Israel, saying, These are the animals which you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. Among the animals, whatever divides the hoof, having cloven hooves and chewing the cud, that you may eat. God gave mankind a very simple test to know which animals he created to be eaten by man. They must chew the cud and have hoofs that are split into two parts. Cattle, sheep, deer, and goats are among those that chew the cud and have split hoofs. These are eaten and enjoyed in most parts of the world. The scripture then goes on to define how to determine which animals were never created by God to be eaten by man. These are called unclean for a reason. They are carriers of parasites and pathogens that can be passed on to man. 
We find the list in verses 4 through 8. Nevertheless, these you shall not eat among those that chew the cud or those that have cloven hoofs. The camel, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hoofs, it is unclean to you. The rock hyrax, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hoofs, is unclean to you. The hare, or the rabbit, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hoofs, is unclean to you. And the swine, or the pig, though it divides the hoof, having cloven hoofs, yet does not chew the cud, is unclean to you. Their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses you shall not touch. They are unclean to you. God also created sea life with two simple characteristics that would indicate whether or not they are clean. They must have both fins and scales. If they are missing one or the other, they are unclean and not fit for human consumption. Many sea creatures are commonly consumed around the world which God never intended for man to eat. When we consider the nature and habits of these so-called delicacies, we find, as Dr. Douglas S. Winnale explains, that we are eating nature's cleanup crew. Regarding clams, oysters, mussels, and scallops, he points out, As stationary filter-feeding mollusks, they pump large amounts of water over their mucus-covered gills, trapping tiny pieces of food, silt, plant debris, bacteria, and viruses, which they then eat. As a result, mussels and other animals feeding on microscopic particles are the ultimate scavengers of the sea. Filter-feeding organisms are the vacuum cleaners for aquatic environments. Their role is to purify the water. Shellfish such as clams and oysters are marvelous creatures in that they clean our oceans and rivers by filtering out toxins from the water. But when we eat them, we take those filtered toxins into our bodies. The United States Center for Disease Control says, Oysters and other shellfish are common sources of foodborne illness. Be sure to cook them thoroughly before eating them. While animals and fish must each have two very easy-to-discern characteristics, clean or unclean birds can be known by comparing the examples given in Scripture. Here's what we read in Leviticus, the 11th chapter, beginning in verse 13, concerning birds and other flying creatures. And these you shall regard as an abomination among the birds. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination the eagle, the vulture, the buzzard, the kite, and the falcon after its kind, every raven after its kind, the ostrich, the short-eared owl, the seagull, and the hawk after its kind, the little owl, the fisher owl, and the screech owl, the white owl, the jackdaw, and the carrion vulture, the stork, the heron after its kind, the hoopoe, and notice this, the bat. In his treatise titled, Don't Eat the Cleanup Crew, Dr. Winnale explains the following regarding birds and flying creatures. Essentially all the excluded fowl are either birds of prey or scavengers like vultures and seagulls. Their dietary habits of eating the flesh and blood of their prey or carrion 
make these birds potential agents for transmitting disease. Predatory fish-eating birds tend to accumulate high levels of toxic chemicals in their bodies. Since God created all creatures, He designed them to have easy-to-discern characteristics that would be signs to man that an animal is either clean, meaning fit for human consumption, or unclean, meaning not fit for human consumption. The civet cat is among the unclean and was found to be a carrier of the deadly SARS virus. However, while this unclean animal is definitely at the center of the outbreak that killed some 900 people, later research is suggesting the genesis of the outbreak may have been some other source. From a September 12, 2005 article in the magazine Science, we read of the connection between bats and SARS. In searching for a reservoir, a microbiologist at the University of Hong Kong and his colleagues sampled monkeys, rodents, and several species of bats in the hinterlands of Hong Kong. The SARS-like virus was found in 39% of swabs collected from Chinese horseshoe bats, which are both eaten and used in traditional Chinese medicine. This seems to be corroborated by another study. The CBC, that is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, reported on this American study. U.S. researchers were not the first to suggest bats were the source of SARS, but said that they had done the largest and most comprehensive analysis of the origin of coronavirus which causes SARS. The researchers studied genetic data from hundreds of virus samples taken from humans, various bats, civets, raccoon badgers, and pigs. The researchers found that the SARS virus traveled from bats to humans to civets and pigs and late in the outbreak back to humans. What is interesting about this report is that every animal along the chain is biblically unclean. If Chinese and American researchers are correct, the twin scourges of SARS and Ebola can be traced back to the handling, preparation, and consumption of bats. Animals eat primarily by instinct. They don't have to be taught. Crabs and lobsters eat any kind of dead creature they come across. Pigs and dogs will consume their own waste. Crows and vultures enjoy what we commonly call roadkill. As mature adults, we wouldn't think of eating these things, but a very small child may sample them if left to himself. This is why loving parents guide their children in what is good for them, teaching them that taste is not all that counts. Some things taste good and are also nutritious and beneficial. Other things may taste good, but can make us sick or even kill us. Some make us sick and can kill quickly, while others make us sick and accumulate cancer-causing toxins over a period of years. One danger found in unclean animals is that of parasitic worms that can be transferred to humans. These parasites may be harmless to the host animal, but they can be harmful and even deadly to humans who inadvertently consume them. Trichinosis is a small worm that lives in the muscle tissue of pigs, bears, rats, and some other animals. Sickness and even death caused by this hardy worm 
is still a major problem in much of the underdeveloped world, but is considered rare in most developed countries due to strict standards of what can be fed hogs and knowledge among the general population that pork products should be thoroughly cooked. Yet as the famous American actor, Yul Brynner, who played Pharaoh in the movie The Ten Commandments Learned, it can still be found even in the finest restaurants. A July-August 1982 Saturday Evening Post article had this to say about this hardy parasite. Although medical science is unable to terminate or even lessen the severity of an assault of trichinosis, no disease is easier to dodge. There are several dependable means of evasion. Abstention from pork is, of course, one. It is also the most venerable, having been known vigorously recommended and widely practiced for at least 3,000 years. Some authorities, in fact, regard the mosaic proscription of pork as the pioneering step in the development of preventive medicine. The Bible labels certain animals fit for human consumption. But when men improperly care for them, even those animals can cause disease in humans. For example, when British cattle were fed processed animal flesh mixed with grain, something cows would never eat on their own, the results were disastrous. BSE, more popularly known as mad cow disease. And there are many other unnatural processes used in the production of animals otherwise fit for human consumption. Now, if you'd like to learn more about this subject, go to our website that will be shown momentarily, where you can read or download a pair of articles titled, Do You Really Want to Eat That? and Don't Eat the Cleanup Crew. These articles were written by Dr. Douglas S. Winnale, who received his doctorate in public health. You can't change the world, but you can change the way you take care of your own body. So for your health and well-being, and that of your loved ones, be sure to check out these two articles right away. And please come back next time to Tomorrow's World to learn more hidden truths found in the Bible. See you next time. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. The preceding program has been produced by the Living Church of God.